Welcome to Design Privacy Weekly, a podcast about all things data security and privacy. Each week, we deliver the best in-depth analysis of real data privacy case studies for business leaders and privacy professionals so that they can stay informed of the latest news, trends, and developments in the industry. Whether you're a business owner, privacy expert, a privacy beginner, or just want to know more, this This is is the the podcast podcast for you. Now, here are your hosts, Chuck Cameron and Kerry Record. Morning, Kerry. How are you doing? I'm well, Chuck. How are you? Very good, please. So what what are we looking at today? So today we are looking at another case out of the UK. This case is called CRDNN Limited. CRDNN Limited is a lead generator. Um, I suppose they, you know, find leads for other companies and they would sell these leads to the, okay. to the company. So specifically, they call, make calls to customers. Wait, so, but let's understand lead generator. So lead generators, if you're, if you're a startup, for example, or in the retail business, and you, you want to sell your, you need to find customers to sell your product or service to. So that is a company that finds those customers for you, basically. Correct. Okay. So specifically, they would make calls to customers about window scrappage, window and conservatory sales, um, and debt management. It's a wide range. Um, and of course, being in the UK, these these sort of sales, window and window scrappage and conservatory are, all have to do with their winter, the seasons, changing out your windows, um, you know, efficiency in terms of energy and that sort of thing. So they would call customers and find out whether they were interested in any of these services and then they would then refer the information on to, I suppose, a subscriber who would pay for that information. But what happened with CRDNN is that the information commissioner received a significant number of complaints from subscribers who had indicated that these automated calls that they were getting were unsolicited. Um, The information commissioner commenced an investigation and she found that they had instigated, these numbers always amuse me, 193 million attempted automated calls, 63 million of them connected. And this is between June and October of 2018. Mm. And um, the complaints in particular were that not only did they not wish to receive these calls, but um, call indicated that there was an opt-out function. So let's say, press one if you want more information, press two if you want to opt out. And when the customer press two, the call would just continue. So obviously, but a while ago you sounded good when you said that. First one, if you want to, I think you can. I could be. A, I, I I could record for automated yes, calls, right? So, but you know, when you think about it, very aggravating to the customer. So, when the information commissioner investigated, she found that um, the activity was a breach of Regulation 19 of the UK's. P-E-C-R. So, so while we may not necessarily have that sort of, let's call it automated calling or robocalling, that would be akin to um, a telco send blast in these text messages. Text messages, emails, or yeah, calls. Oh. We 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 don't we don't have calls so much so in, right. here in our More jurisdiction and text text, text in right. particular. Um, so in the UK they have um, P-E-C-R which is their legislation, privacy and, ele- and electronic communications regulation, which 
governs the rights of persons. And we have a similar section in our Data Protection Act, that's Section 10, which speaks to the same sort of thing, unsolicited direct marketing by electronic or otherwise, um, electronic means or otherwise. Um, and in both instances, a person, a business, cannot transmit or instigate the transmission of communications to a subscriber unless they have that subscriber's consent. In this case, the regulation even goes as far as to say that you mustn't disguise the number from which you're calling. And when you do call these persons, they are supposed to be able to ascertain who is calling. So whether it's a person or a company and they're supposed to have. So wait, so sorry, Carrie. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that, so I'm not a lead generator or nothing fancy like that, but if I'm in business trying to make some cold calls, to sell my product. You are saying this Article 10 in Jamaica prevents me from picking up the phone, going through the directory and calling people and trying to sell my product, generate interest in my product? Well, you can call them, but if, the, if they say that they don't wish the call, then you need to terminate the call and you must not call that number again. Okay. Okay. Um, we don't, there are other jurisdictions that have subscriber lists, lists of persons who've already indicated they've subscribed to these lists and they don't wish these calls. I don't think that exists here. So that the challenge or what needs to be done is one to me, that initial call, what's important is creating a list of persons who say that I have called and they do not, not. wish to hear from me again. Precisely, because if you call them back, you will now be in breach. Okay. Or, so I could, I could call one time to find out if they want to hear from me. Right, because if you're not aware of whether they are consenting or not, then you could you can make that call but the person would indicate to you whether they they want to um, proceed or not if they don't want any further calls you should note that and you should not call them back so um so yes so, she, so in all of this she made her investigations and she found that CRD, crdnn were well aware that um, from their own records that many of these customers had not consented. They, had, they did not wish to receive unsolicited um, direct marketing calls, whether by automated call or text or otherwise. They went ahead and placed them anyway. And not only that, they disguised the mm. calling line identification. So what the person would see is not a number, they would see international on their screen. They could not ascertain who was calling and they couldn't ascertain where the call was coming from. That's a again, breach. Again, from the Jamaican perspective, that does sound like scamming again. Sounds like scamming. Exactly. And um, there is an indication that it was because apparently, as I said earlier, that one of the business lines that they found, the window scrappage, is very often a scam. Mm, see it there. Because what they say is that they, are, they will replace your old windows with PVC windows at free of cost. And... Um, whatever it is that they put in is not going to meet those those new energy efficient requirements. Um, and I think they are just taking the windows and they are probably themselves selling it, reselling it. So, so this, this could possibly be a law enforcement tool to fight scamming because now under the criminal legislation, if it is that someone is found with a lead list, mm -hmm. that's just a sheet with numbers, you can be prosecuted for that you know, fight against scamming. But what the what this the Data Protection Act seems to be doing is saying, okay, so even you cannot be charged with the act of actually calling those persons unsolicited, so to speak. Certainly. But that's that's stretching it a little, but there is a 
there's a real relationship between scamming and protecting one's data because that is what they actually leverage. Exactly. They leverage person's personal data. And they have no good intentions right. of, in terms of what they're going to do with that data. So um, that's obviously what the act is setting out to, to protect. Um, so looking at this case, once again, in this situation, I mean, particularly because the information commissioner, she received over 3,000 complaints. Mm -hmm. um, it was just overwhelming. And once again, she levied the maximum penalty of um, half a million pounds on CRDNN. They were really going out of their way, though. Their directors were aware of um, their non-compliance and they were aware of the requirements under the Act. And um, they even went as far as to as to, to decommission a company and start a new company in another jurisdiction so that they to could avoid, avoid the okay. commissioner's um, So how, how, how does this impact, if any at all, on our BPO industry? Because that's, that's, that's our core business. People outsource, oh, what is really inbound callings, persons would call us. So I wonder if we offer outbound type marketing services because that's when we would end up in a similar situation. If we, if they use our call center to make outbound sales calls, um, we could get caught in a situation like that. So how do we, how does the BPO industry protect itself from being caught in a situation like that where we have been given a call, a, a lead list to call to make calls, sales calls? Well, I think they just, without a subscriber list of persons who don't want to be called, you will just have to start from scratch in that when you do call these persons, you need to identify yourself. You need to give them a way to communicate with you. So whether that's a callback number or an address that they can, email address or physical address. And then you must ascertain, do they wish to even receive the call in the first place? And if not, the BPOs will have to start their own um, database of persons that have been called and don't wish to be called. You know, it's interesting. Our legislation looks well, either directly or indirectly sought to set out to protect our BPO because in essence, our BPO sector would really be data processors because they, we would, they would be working for a client. They would be working for a data controller. controller correct. And, oh, but while in Jamaica, they wouldn't be subject to our Data Protection Act because it's really the data controller who is subject mm -hmm. to the Data Protection Act. If we're calling into a European country, that, that BPO will be subject to the, the European Supervisory Authority. Correct, because GDPR reaches out to data processors as it does to controllers. So, so um, but it doesn't matter if it's a BPO or not. Once you are making, well, we have local telcos who are in the business of sending this type of unsolicited text, so it's just as relevant today. Um, is there any, re do you think our supervisor authority would behave any differently from the, the information, UK Information Commissioner? in terms of leveraging the maximum fines, what would, be, what would be the difference, if any? In terms of leveraging maximum fines, um, I suppose she would be looking at whether she or he, <laughs> I guess because the information yeah. commissioner in, in the UK is a woman, I keep calling, calling her, uh, her. Right. exactly. Um, 
don't apologize for it. No, no, certainly not. Certainly not. Um, I suppose the information commissioner would be looking at awareness of the legislation, first of all. It's new. Um, once it becomes, once it's in effect, and go through that two-year transitional period, and I'm sure there'll be a public, you know, information campaign. There's no excuse after that. Um, you know, and you're not, it, it, there's a big difference if you are a tiny company, a small company, or who's making these calls. But as a telco, this is part of your core revenue generation. Exactly. Course. You have all the resources to be aware of what your obligations are under the act. There's no excuse. And to me, I don't see why if she found them to be in breach in this way, or at least not putting in those measures to ascertain, does this person wish to be called and making sure that that's logged so they don't call back the person. Then I, I to me, in a situation such as that, she should certainly be looking to levy maximum penalties. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people want to hear that. Um, thank you very much, Kerry. Um, I think we learned a lot today. So see you next week. See you next week, Joe. Thanks for joining us this week on Design Privacy Weekly. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you'll never miss a show while you're at it. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us to reach more people like you who can benefit from our content.